Hello, everyone. Welcome to a very, very special edition of Founders Pika. Um, we're kind of we're kind of workshopping names for this segment. I don't know, like Founders Focus or Spotlight. I don't know. We'll let you know by the time this comes out. Okay. <laughs> but I'm super, super thrilled to have our very first guest, our first focus, um, our female focused leader, um, Morgan Kennedy. Thank you guys for having me. So happy to have you, Morgan. Um, you're kind of a wonder woman in a lot of ways. Like when I first met you in, when did we meet? Like 2018, 17? Before the was pandemic. That, was it bef- all the way before? Yeah. Or I, I feel like it was. it was right when it, maybe it was, to be honest. No, I think I it was before because we came, I was like, you're good to go. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. You were one of the ones that was good to go. And I felt like I didn't have to. I like did a mental checklist of all of my clients when the pandemic hit to see like, is there anyone that I need to touch base with to remind them about their contract? And yeah, I felt like no one. I was like, God, I'm so glad they're all like Morgan. <laughs> that's a huge compliment. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> um, that's self-selecting though. Like we we only really want to work with people who are like you, who have it mostly together. Like I'm not saying everyone has it together, but like um, just the drive to do well at what they're doing. Yeah, thank you. Um, so we wanna we wanna play like twenty one questions with you. Basically, we wanna keep it light, but we do want to know about you because um, you mentioned earlier you're an open book, and I think yeah. that that's really what we're looking for. We're trying to increase um, transparency mm-hmm. in the whole industry amongst um, what it means to be a, a female um, business owner what it means to be a creative, what it means to work in a digital space, what it means to have good customer service, right? Like one-on-one traditional customer service. Yeah. Um, so let's go ahead and jump into it. We have a lot of questions and we might not get to all of them, but we pick some that we definitely want to ask. Great. How, how do you start your day? Let's just start <laughs> there. What's, what's your, do you have a routine? Like they always talk about how billionaires start their day at 3.30 AM and then they go for like a 20 mile job. <laughs> yeah. Is that you too? I wouldn't be surprised, but what do you do? I can't say that I do that, but you know, there's, there's dreams and hopes to be a little bit more consistent in my morning routine. Um, I have a golden retriever named Moose. Of course, I'm going to find a way to bring him up in this. Um, and so my morning routine has greatly changed as he's gotten older. He's still a puppy. So, um, he kind of controlled my life over the last year. I used to be very consistent in a morning routine, but I am a big reader. So any time that I can read in the morning is a successful morning for me. Um, I've kind of tried to let go of the thought of, I have to wake up, do, you know, journal pages and gratitude lists and get my reading in and get my workout in. And then I'll start my day because I really found that I am someone that's most creative in the morning. So if I stack my whole morning to try to be, you know, align myself and and get all those things in order, I kind of deplete my creativity by the time I sit down on my Mm -hmm. computer. So, um, I usually typically move my workout in the afternoon, but for a while I was a five 30, get up, kind of crush the morning. And I just found that once I actually opened my computer, I was having, <laughs> hitting some walls there. So um, really I just wake up and um, I try to, I'm a pretty early riser, but naturally, um, which is a gift, but I read a lot in the mornings, just pleasure reading, nothing business related um, cool. and hang out with Moose, usually take him on a walk, get outside. And of course, you know, have coffee and all the things. What are you reading right now? 
I am reading Emily Henry's new book, Happy Place. So it's a romance. Um, she wrote Beach Read and The People We Meet on Vacation. That's her two big romances that have oh, kind cool. of blown up over the past past year. So um, I'm on her new read right now, which the cover is awesome and the perfect beach cover to like have poolside, by the way. I love the artwork done on her new book. Ooh, okay, good tip. Like yeah. that, that should be my one and only goal for vacation is to actually read a book. Yes. Yes. Oh my gosh. I've got so many recs I can give you. <laughs> okay, good. Absolutely. Um, Deanna, you want to go? Yeah. So I guess, um, you know, you just told us a little bit about um, how you start your day, but what would you say is the most important thing um, you do each day? Ah, um, I would say getting outside, which is probably a few years ago, I wouldn't have realized how important that was for me. Um, I am not native to California. So I feel as though I'm one of those people that wakes up and I think every single morning, oh my gosh, it's such pretty weather today. <laughs> and I'm, I'm five years in here and I still think that when I wake up. So um, I'm someone that really likes to go hikes and walks and things like that. So I think anytime I can get outside, it has really helped both mentally because I work alone at home. Um, it's helped with that, but I would say that's probably a big priority. And then of course, you know, as Tuesday it is, is, you know, spending time with my husband and getting that time in with him every day is also really important to me. Oh, nice. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I think getting outside is a big one that we kind of all took for granted. Absolutely. So, yeah. Um, okay. So Morgan, this all came about because you started, I knew you from photography, from your, yes. from your business. How did you get started in photography or why did you get started in photography? What led you that way? Yeah, absolutely. So I was in college and I was a sophomore in college. I had three jobs. I was paying my way through school and I was the person that picked up a camera and kind of became known on campus and the friend groups of you know, Morgan's always got her camera, Morgan can bring her camera, that kind of thing. And never once crossed my mind to charge or start a photography business or do anything that was not the direction I thought my life was going. I always had these dreams and aspirations of being an entrepreneur, but of course, when you're in college and you're thinking that you have no idea what you're going to do, you just, I was in school for business. So I had that passion, but I definitely did not have any, um, skills or tools to sell yet. And so I uh, started taking photos, you know, around campus and for different groups. And then eventually someone reached out, they wanted photos and they said, what do you charge? And I was shocked. I could not believe that someone was going to pay me to take photos. I couldn't believe they trusted me to do that. I wasn't editing at that point. I mean, I was taking photos, putting them in Dropbox and sending them. Um, don't listen to this as my attorney <laughs> and any of my legal <laughs> insight, but I was doing nothing properly. And I just, it, my first paycheck was $50. And in college, that was earth shattering money. I mean, I was so yeah. stoked. I could not believe that I made $50, you know, in an hour. So I kind of just grew from there. That was my sophomore year, junior year, same kind of thing, picking up really, really odd jobs, telling my internships, telling the places I worked like, Hey, I have a camera. I can bring my camera. You know, you want to pay me a little bit more and I can do photos oh, for so the smart. event. So I yeah. was just, I mean, I was working it from all angles, to be honest. Yeah. And then got to my senior year and I had the opportunity to second shoot a wedding and first wedding I knew I was, I knew that that was the market that I needed to be in. Yeah. I love people. I love talking to people. I love hearing people's stories. And 
that's really all photography is, is, is making that into a photo image. So, um, it was, it kind of grew from there. And to be honest, December of my senior year, I was on LinkedIn looking for jobs. So it had not hit me yet that photography was going to be my full-time job come, you know, 20 full-time 2017 and whatever that was. So, um, it, you know, it kind of kept growing and then all of a sudden it hit this point and I thought, oh, I can't have a full-time job because I have photography. I have to do this full-time. And, um, so I did that and, uh, moved to California very shortly after, which was a huge change. My husband's job brought him out here and, um, I stayed in Atlanta as long as I could. And then once we got married, of course, I wanted to be out here anyways, but I tried to hold on to that Atlanta networking as much as I could and, and those jobs yeah. and that money as long as I could. And, and then up until, um, this January, I've been a full-time wedding photographer in the Bay area. Yeah. You have been um, really good at making like networking and making really good friendships, like authentic friendships. It's not really, it's not really networking that in that kind of like negative connotation. Mm -hmm. So it's not surprising to me that you've been able to like translate that success from Georgia out to California. Um, it also helps that you have that Southern charm. Y'all <laughs> love that. It's so, <laughs> it's so like um novel here and it's so sweet <laughs> so not just California like, yeah it's so not California at all it kind of like takes us by surprise yeah. and I, I can imagine that your clients are probably like oh my god yes yes <laughs> and I've, I've tried to learn to lean into it I think yes when I first moved every single person I met pointed out my accent which I have very much a very odd I have a very odd accent now it's a very big mix of I don't sound like I'm from California but I don't sound like I'm from Georgia how I used to sound mm -hmm. um and that's that's okay but at first everyone pointed out where are you from where are you from and I was yeah. so self-conscious and then finally I was like Morgan embrace this yeah people it's a conversation starter mm -hmm. it is so nice for people to say where are you from immediately I I can go into, you know, being from Georgia, moved mm -hmm. here. I say, where are you from? And it's small talk, just easy, easy from there on out. So I'm like, embrace yeah. the accent, Morgan. It's okay. Totally embrace it. It's like when you travel abroad and, and you meet another American and yes. I'm like, you're from America? I'm mm -hmm. from America. Yep. Um, and it's a mutual point. You're, you're like, thank goodness. Okay, great. Yeah. I have a friend. Yeah, exactly. Um, depending on the situation. Sometimes I'm like, yeah. I'm from Canada. I don't know who you are. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't always want to claim this, yeah. but here we are. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm awesome. Like, yeah. Thanks. Thanks for sharing that. That's a really good story. I really like to, um, you know, like you said, how excited you got when you made $50 an hour. Yeah. It's really relatable. Yeah. 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 Um, That's kind of the dream story, you know, Deanna, though. Like, I think that there are a lot of people who kind of like want to be discovered Mm -hmm. And personally, you know, I started the other way from, from you, Morgan, which was like, I knew I wanted to do this because mm -hmm. I really enjoyed it. Um, and I kind of had to hustle from the very beginning mm -hmm. trying to sell myself. And I think that's really hard. Like both ways are really hard, right? Like, and my point of view, when I was, um, starting in photography, I started a lot later, like after grad school, I felt like it was kind of a mathematical equation, you know, and it's really not, it's about feeling and sensing the moment and knowing just right, you know, when to take the picture and mm -hmm. how to engage in a way that is natural and cohesive. Mm -hmm. um, so for me, it was a less organic way of starting. 
and it was definitely an uphill battle. Mm-hmm. So I, I love your story. And I love like the idea that you can still be on the path towards something that you think you're going to do, but just be open to um, opportunities. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you. <laughs> and I guess in your photography business, um, what do you think is the greatest lesson that you learned? Oh gosh, there's so many, <laughs> there's so many. I think on a personal um, kind of maybe relational standpoint, I really, really learned how much it, it to put weight on the people that I'm photographing and the people I'm meeting, taking that minute to listen to them, to hear what they're saying, to translate back to them what they're saying. So maybe it's, Hey, I've never done photos before and I'm just so nervous and I'm I'm not going to look, you know, I'm afraid these aren't going to look natural. And just even repeating back to them, okay, so what is what are you nervous about? Are you nervous about me taking photos of you? Are you nervous about looking a certain way? Are you noticing or maybe you're not confident in your outfit and it's so wild just taking those extra minutes talking to people how much you can learn about what their expectations are for photos but also what I can do differently when I'm shooting to make sure that I meet those expectations. Cause a lot of times they're not communicating them very <laughs> clearly. I mean, I think everyone, myself included, if a camera goes up in my face, I'm going to immediately feel nervous. So it's a matter of, okay, do you not like your arms? Do you not like your laugh? Do you, you know, not like there, there's so many things that we're very self-critical of. So I think that's a, a personal thing. Um, maybe that is the Southern hospitality in me as well, trying to talk to people and get to know them before sticking a camera in their face. Um, but business-wise, gosh, I mean, again, these are this is why we're doing this. I feel like I could go on a couple of tangents here, yeah. but um, business-wise, I think I've really learned the importance of systems and keeping track of all systems, whatever that looks like, whether it's how you import your photos or how you treat every single client, what your communication is with those clients, how to market. Um, I think a system around legal, you know, contracts, payments, keeping everything very, very much the same, but even just keeping it consistent over time, it just builds confidence. If you can say, oh, I can look back on my past year and I did every single thing the same for each client. So I knew my end result was going to be great. Like I knew Mm -hmm. I was going to be able to produce the same thing because I was going into every situation the same. Um, I got really, really nerdy about it about two years ago where I started doing the same rituals every night before a wedding. I would uh, no wine before a wedding. I would drink a ton of water. I would go to bed early. I would set every single thing out all the way down to my bra, like everything was set out, my socks, my shoes, my outfit. And it, it sounds so nutty, but I was able to make zero decisions on the wedding morning. I didn't have to think about anything else other than getting ready, getting in my car and driving to a venue. And my results truly, I feel like my photos really, really changed two years ago, at least on my end, I feel like how I showed up and the impact and the final result was, was much more impactful and that my head was all there. So probably a long answer, but systems and keeping everything very systematic and processes and staying consistent for sure. I love that. You know, I'm a big fan of scaling Mm -hmm. and part of that is building sustainable systems. And, um, you know, we, when we were doing contracts, we talked about being consistent because you want to have like a, um, a business routine, right? Uh, thinking about evidentiary purposes later on for hearsay and things like that. Mm-hmm. You want to make sure you do have like a normal business practice. 
Um, yeah, so those things are really, really important for a lot of reasons. But just like you're saying, the freeing up mental space gives you more room to be creative. A hundred percent. And I think that's what has made me not only a better business owner, but honestly, a better person over the past few years, because I mean, I was in very much hustle mode and I'm proud of that. I'm proud of where my business is. I wouldn't change that because it did help me get to where I'm at, but I'm really, really glad that bringing up that mental space has given me more opportunities to show up as a wife, a friend, you know, whatever that looks like and a business owner to other business owners, you know, a, a mentor, just another vendor friend. It's crazy how much the looking at every, of course, every wedding is different. Every client is different. It's important to remember that and not be too systematic because that is possible in the sense of, you know, you can make something cookie cutter or try to try to do the same exact poses, same exact thing. And right. maybe it's not working for someone, but I really think that so many creative business owners, they do, we, we all start and all of a sudden it kind of feels like, okay, here we are. Now we're picking up business. And you, if you don't have systems in place at all, I mean, everything kind of just goes out the window. It can um, collapse. For yeah, sure. yeah, absolutely. And I think it does for a lot of people and, and not to their failure. I think that's the hard part. It's not because they necessarily are failing, but their systems are failing them. Yeah. And if they don't have the time or the energy or the effort to put time into the systems, then it's this, it's this hamster wheel of kind of feeling like you're failing. Or the background. I mean, you have the benefit of, of having a business degree and, mm -hmm. you know, I have the benefit of having a law degree and a lot of these things are already like on our, on our mind when we go into business. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's not, that's not the threshold, you know, that's not going to keep you from being a successful business owner. You don't have to have a degree right. to do this. You exactly. just have to have the yeah. talent and the drive, mm -hmm. right? Absolutely. And knowing when to outsource and yes. a few other things, but you know, the basics. Yes, yes absolutely. You got to have a strong stomach for this. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Be willing to show up too. Yeah. Just willing to do it. Um, can you talk a little bit about your pivot to um, expanding your services to other businesses? Yes, absolutely. Tell us about balance. Oh my gosh. Oh, my new baby. So yeah. I launched a new business in January called Balance Creative Agency, and I'm doing marketing and consulting services for small business owners. And thus far, nearly every single one that's come through has been a I mean, every single one has been a female business, but every single one has been a wedding business except for one, which is totally fine. Um, and it's just where my experience, of course, in my networking has been. And I am helping people grow and scale their business, but more than anything, I'm helping them get a bird's eye view of where their business is headed. I'm working with people who are at the point where their business is having success. They're booking clients. They have satisfied clients, but they're looking to either one, go the extra mile and figure out, okay, how can I make this a better experience so that I can either one, charge more money or two, have more time and freedom. Um, so creating systems around their client experiences. And then the other side of it are people who know that their business is successful and they want to scale it. Um, so whether that is getting associate photographers or creating digital products. Um, so it's been really exciting. It's been, I mean, marketing and sales has been my passion since I can remember is why I was in school for it, but I had a lot of vendor friends over the years make commentary and say, you know, oh, I wish I could hire you. I wish I could hire you. And of course, in the back of my head, I'm thinking, I would love to do that. But I was <laughs> so focused on weddings that it it truly felt, 
absolutely moronic to leave my business. And it felt like I was being a complete idiot to walk away from what I had spent so much time in, but I love, love small business. And I'm, I feel so passionately about small businesses and female business owners. And I think it's really been incredible watching these people who sometimes it's just a conversation. They just need to have someone that knows the back end of their business and can talk on it in a higher level because so many people are outsourcing. I'm going on a tangent. So many people outsource in different areas. They, they get to the point where they think, okay, I need help on my business. Then they start outsourcing. When you outsource to someone like a virtual assistant or someone who's a specialty, that's great but they're going to do their one specialty and they're only going to do it in the lens of how they know, okay, I'm going to update your logo. They're not looking at, okay, so when we do this rebrand, what are we going to do from here? What are we going to do with this? How can, where does this look like in five years? What are we, who are we marketing to? Who are we selling to? So it's been, it's been really exciting. And I am trying very hard to meet people where they're at in their business, but also push them to realize that they can get a lot further, a lot faster. Um, and it's been awesome. This is why you stood out to me so much, because I think we're so aligned with our missions and our goals. And, you, you know, I, it's funny that you say that about like people asking you, I wish you could do this for me because for the longest time when I was in photography, when I started out, I was, you know, networking and everything and trying to build a portfolio. And so many people were like, God, I wish I could just hire you. Can you look at my contracts? Can you do this? And I was so focused on like, no, I am photographer. I do photography, you know, like trying to build up (laughs) a reputation and trying to like get ahead on, on skills and, and the work that I'm producing that I kind of like built up these internal walls and just like you, the truth of it is I I can't get away from it because I love it so Mm -hmm. much. I have a special talent for doing what we do and um, and I see the potential in a lot of people, I think the same way that you do, because it's all the pieces are there. You mm-hmm. just got to put them in the right order for that person. Absolutely. And I think I should also quickly mention this did not come gracefully or mm-hmm. easily, or just all of a sudden I decided, let yeah. me launch a new business. I think that, let me just make that very clear. Cause I was <laughs> like, yeah, it's been great. Um, just, you know, dismissing the the full six months beforehand where I decided, let me just close my books because I have to clear the space if I want to try something new. And I had no idea when I closed my books last summer, I had absolutely no clue what I was gonna, going to do. I just knew wow. in my gut that something needed to change in my passions. Something was changing. It was conversation with other vendors, other business owners. And I was thinking, okay, if, if all these people are asking for advice and help and they're saying they can't find it anywhere, there's something here, but I had no idea what that looked like. Um, so let me just be clear in that there was about six months where I was very confused on what this new business or venture was going to be. Um, but exactly what you're saying, it's looking for the pieces. It's looking for the things of, okay, what, where can I make this work and fit? And it ends up being in, in marketing and, you know, there's, there's ad agencies, there's consulting agencies, there's consultants all over for these massive companies. Every single big company has a consulting team and they have someone that's looking at their business from a holistic standpoint. And as small business owners, we don't have that. We don't have anyone looking at our business from a holistic standpoint. We only have us and Lord knows we've got enough going on and all other parts that we don't have doing the energy already. to do that. Yeah. We don't have the yeah. energy to think about all those things. So, um, it's been, it, it has been very, very cool to kind of step into these businesses and just 
give them a space to, to openly share as well. That is so true. Like I remember when I started, I, I started because I was getting so many questions from people about their contracts and answering questions. And I was like, okay, I got a limit. I don't have time to be mm-hmm. taking calls on the way to a wedding or whatever, you know? So I just, okay, here's a simple framework. So it wasn't an organic start either. Mm-hmm. And, it, you know, Desiree when legal launched because I was um, preparing for motherhood. I was like, okay, I think I'm going to have a kid in the next year or two. Mm-hmm. I need to start thinking about how this is going to work out feasibly. And that mm-hmm. was kind of the push for me. But the idea that you have here, like the concept of just because you're a small business owner by definition doesn't mean that you're limited to small resources, mm-hmm. right? Your Absolutely. business is just as valid as any Fortune 500. Mm-hmm. And to your clients, you are the most important thing to them. Yes. And anytime there is a money exchange, it's so easy to think, oh gosh, you know, I think because, you know, of course my experiences with wedding markets mainly, but even talking to some of these other business owners, it's this pressure of, oh, am I, am I charging too much? Am I doing this right? Am I marketing right? And it's, it's this whole thought around, there's a money exchange there. Someone is trusting you with their hard earned money to give them a service. And that's a beautiful thing. And it's, it's a very big honor to, to have that and to have someone to trust you. And so to have these business owners say, okay, we're trusting in you with our money now, because you're exactly right. We don't have these accesses or this access to bigger business resources. And, um, or if we do, let's say that someone did reach out to, maybe it's an ad agency or someone reached out to, you know, a graphic designer that was a big time graphic designer. We don't have the funds most of the time for the, the big, you know, big numbers. That being said, small businesses can make large amounts of money. And I don't want to downplay that, but it is very hard to, you know, I mean, I've heard some consulting fees before and I'm like, excuse me, that is a small business owner's yearly salary. So there's no way we could go and hire those people um, and it'd be effective. So I'm trying to really, really help, um, grow these small businesses that, and even the term small business drives me nuts, but it's fine. Um, but it does. These, I'm trying to lean it, into it more though. I know, I know it is an honor. Yeah. It's a, it's, it's a, it is a, by definition, it also makes sense, but I'm like, we're not small. <laughs> I, I think, yeah. That, like when I go to the legislator, I'm always like, to be clear, small businesses are not small. Okay. they are a majority of the job employers in the state. There's a lot Absolutely. of us. Yes. But um, no, I think that's absolutely right. You want to be able to offer the services that, I, I, you know, I think that fear comes from not being able to produce a quality product. Like there's no quality control. And that's why people feel a little bit self-conscious about taking money or exchanging money or saying what they're worth, just verbalizing mm-hmm. it. Um, so I, I think that's really excellent that you're working around that. And the same idea too of like, access, right? Giving people access to a really high quality service. Mm -hmm. You shouldn't be limited based on your annual salary or what you can afford. That's the idea behind like flat rate pricing for us Mm -hmm. so that there's no hidden fees, no Mm -hmm. like concerns about hourly rates. Mm -hmm. Like I, I was getting so many things from people on Facebook about like just crazy dumpster fire advice Mm -hmm. that I was like, oh my God, let me just give you the information for free. Yes. Or let me just save everybody some trouble right now and just pay me one small flat rate. Mm -hmm. You know, so instead of 
like uh, creating gates through money, which is what a lot of that's like kind of the way that you do things in a capitalist yeah, society. Um, we do it based on experience and like your your business ethos, basically. Mm-hmm. And that has brought so many incredible business owners in for you guys. And I know that that is something that has been, of course, a passion when you start to align what you want and what you want to see out of it. It is amazing the the people that come through the door that are like, oh, okay, you get it. You understand. You're a good person. You have a heart behind your your business. You're not just in this for money. You're not just right. in this. You know, my husband and I have a joke that there's a lot easier ways to make money than owning a small business. And oh even though that is, you know, partially true, partially not, you know, you could spend that a million ways. Sometimes it feels like it. We go through so many different things that mentally, emotionally, physically, creatively. And then of course, financially, it is truly all facets. And when you're taking it on as a business owner, it's, it's a lot. So it is a commitment to, to be a small business owner. And it's something that I, even when I started knowing, okay, something's shifting, I need to make some type of change. Again, this was not, it wasn't on client end. You would know if I had a crazy client that caused all this and I didn't, there was no, there was no big explosion in my business. And that's the craziest part is I had my most successful month I've ever had in my business. And that was the month that I closed my contact page, which is truly like makes my stomach drop even saying it because it was just such a leap of this is in a knowing that this needs to happen. Um, and I think that's the other part too. It's okay for things to change in business. We all, we all get attached to the ways we're doing stuff or who we're serving. It's okay to pivot your market. It's okay to pivot what you're charging. Um, It's okay to, to change all of those offerings. Um, We get very stuck in, in our ways, maybe even a little bit hard headed (laughs) in in some of our ways. I think there's a a concern or like a feeling of like um, failure or guilt if you pivot and do something different, you know? Um, But I love your messaging, which is like, this isn't failure. This is growth. Mm -hmm. It was time for you to evolve. And you, you know, that I think that's the thing. That's the secret sauce that we're kind of looking for is that feeling that you had that gut feeling when you knew it was time to close your contact page and just take a leap of faith for six months. Mm -hmm. What, I don't know what, like what factors, what kind of thing, what's that secret sauce that made you say, all right, this is, let's do this. This is the tipping point. So I think one of the big ones was honesty. I had for a very, very long time, multiple people, my closest best friends, my husband, people, mentors in my life, they would say, you know, gosh, the wedding industry, that seems really stressful. How are you doing? And I would say, oh my gosh, it's great. Not stressful at all. I've got it all good. Weddings aren't stressful. Like I would just, all's good, all's good. And it truly took me years until, and this is actually very, very funny, but I was wearing a Garmin watch, you know, a running watch at a wedding. And I think I want to say this couple got married in 20, maybe 2020, 2021. I can't quite remember, but had the Garmin watch on and it was one of my first times having it. I just gotten it. And it tells you, you know, your stress levels and who knows if those are accurate, like who knows what they're actually looking at, but I looked at it, you know, it, it, it alerted me and it was at a 97 on the wedding day. And the highest you can go is a hundred. And it truly was this out of body experience at this wedding. I thought, Oh, I am stressed. I'm quite yeah. stressed. And I might not show it because 
nor will I ever show it to a couple now moving forward ever, nor should they ever know. They shouldn't know that you're under stress, but of course it's stress. You're capturing people's biggest moments of their mm-hmm. life. Of course, there's going to be pressure around it. And so it was, it was an honesty, finally admitting to my husband, okay, I think I'm a little bit stressed out. Um, one of the biggest stressors that I had was inconsistent payments. Um, it was really hard for me, my personality, just what I like in life. I, I love my biggest passion since I went to college, since I had to pay my way through college was being financially free. And as much financial success as photography brought me, it does come seasonally. And that was really, really hard for me. Even looking at doing payment structures or doing things differently, it was very hard for me to make the large majority of my money in seven to eight months out of the year. Um, It just it did something to my mind that was not great. Um, and so that was a big, a big part of it. So I think honest conversation. And then the other part of it was, um, I had someone in my life that is, is a mentor and is incredible. And I kind of just opened up to them last summer and said, I don't feel something's off. I, I don't know what it is. And and I feel like I'm not aligned with what I'm supposed to be doing, but I, how is that true? And I've been doing this and I've, everyone's happy, like what's going on. And um, she gave me the advice of pick three things that I wanted to learn and only focus on those three things. And if my business or my career didn't help move me forward in those, then I needed to change what I was doing. And so we had that conversation. And then it was, of course, just this slow, it truly kind of felt like a slow burn. And I finally just, I hit a breaking point of if I'm making this much money, my highest month ever And I'm looking around thinking, I haven't seen my husband all month. I haven't, I missed um, a very important person's wedding in my life. And it just all hit in the same month. It was, it was the highest wedding month, but in that same month, I truly did not see my husband missing one of my best friend's wedding, all of these things kind of together. And I was like, what am I doing? Like, I, I don't, I don't, what the freedom that photography can bring. And let me be clear, it is incredible for a lot of people. A lot of people, it works really, really well. Um, for my life, my husband was working in, you know, a nine to five and then I would shoot in the afternoons and on the weekends, I wasn't seeing him. And I'm like, what am I doing? What, mm-hmm. what is this? You know, we all have different business priorities and life priorities. And it truly felt like mine kind of started to not align with the freedoms that photography gave me. Um, so I wanted more consistent paychecks. I wanted to not be tied down to having to be somewhere, knowing a year and a half out that I was going to miss something was, was incredibly hard and has always been hard. And I think up until this point, it has been okay. Um, but I kind of got to the point where I was like, okay, I think I've put in my time for these unique sacrifices. Now I'm ready to sacrifice in some other ways. Um, that was a really long-winded answer, but it, it no, was a, it was a big decision. The <laughs> that's, I think that's the takeaway of the whole episode. I think mm-hmm. that is so important. And, and I want to repeat back what you said, because I think that's really important. Your threshold for stress, I had the same kind of situation. It, it, like Your story kind of reminded me about like when I was at a firm and why mm-hmm. I left my firm. We as women have such high tolerance for pain and stress and We've been told, you know, this is a generation that was told, you can do it all. You can have it all. You can be independent. You can have any job you want. There is no such thing as a glass ceiling. But also, like, someone's got to do these house things. So get on top of that too. Um, But do it all at the same time. And 
we've internalized that and we take that to mean, well, of course it's going to be uncomfortable, but all these women ahead of you paved the way so that you can do this. It's your privilege to have this kind of pain and stress anything less than that. And you're not a feminist anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that it's not really acceptable and we have to kind of unlearn that. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm so happy that you named it, that you had discomfort and that you couldn't identify why, you know, I, I was having heart palpitations. It was the same. It was a physical manifestation of what was happening to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and it took that for me to like, realize this is not working for me. Yeah. It was but, literally a body response. My body yeah. knew before my mind was, was ready to admit it. Yeah. So I, I love that. And I think the honesty, the brutal honesty is um, such an important practice to have with yourself because at the end of the day, the only person you are responsible to is yourself. You're the only one that you have to please. Um, you don't owe anyone any kind of explanation about why did you pivot or why did you move or, or why are you doing this instead? Or, you know, it doesn't really matter. Yeah. What matters is that you're doing what is fulfilling for you. And it sounds like the success Oh, of course you're going to have costs, right? There's always going to be some sort of trade-off, but what you don't want to trade are your, your foundational beliefs, Mm -hmm. right? The things that really matter to you, the keystones, because that's not success, right? right? Success is being able to do all the things that matter to you and having the freedom to, to choose and do that. Mm -hmm. So I'm really, I'm really glad that you were very open and honest about how hard it was to recognize that and, and say, okay, well, this is what we need to do instead. And it's everything that you mentioned about the three priorities. And if your business is not doing anything to further that, I've lived by that principle of like set your goals and every decision you make mm-hmm. should be in furtherance of achieving your goals. Mm-hmm. And you, I think it helps you be more flexible mm-hmm. and honest about the direction that you're going. And there, there is no win or lose, you know, fail or succeed. It's mm-hmm. what works right now. Yeah, absolutely. And it's totally okay when that changes and it's, yeah. you know, it's, it's both good and it, it does exactly what you said. And thank you. It it shows the growth. It shows that this is a growth period and a change and um, not a failure. And that's no. something that so many of us, you know, all of us get attached to certain things and we're ready to just hold on, hold on wherever that takes us. And we're willing to just what, whatever that looks like. And (laughs) even if it's to the detriment of us, and, um, sometimes it looks like, okay, this, this might not be it. And, um, it's been, it's been incredible. It really has. It's been a very cool change. It has just been, um, quite the leap, but also how cool that the leap was great. And I think that just shows that it was was in alignment with what I needed to be doing. Right. Um, what's your favorite part of the work that you do at Balance right now for your clients? I think one of the biggest ones has been, of course, I mean, I love numbers. So I think seeing the actual numbers of change um, and a lot of that has been through either, you know, the amount of work that people are booking or the number on the contract changing, meaning they're booking higher, higher clients. Um, but I think my favorite work has honestly been just the one-on-one calls, talking through things, talking through ideas, and has been so cool for 
people to say something and then I'll say, oh wait, well, what if we did it this way? And then they think, well, that sounds good. You know, let's do it this way. And then all of a sudden I can see their wheels turning. And that's been some of the feedback that I've gotten is everyone's finding a lot of value and in, in workshopping on a level of where, where is this going and what am I doing right now? And like, what's a different way I can approach it, whether it's presenting pricing or copy on a website, like what can they do that's different? And it's honestly just kind of feels refreshing. Like it feels like a change for them mm -hmm. because if they've been doing something the same for two years, three years, four years to have someone come in and say, well, what if we did it this way? It's not a crazy change. Sometimes it's just the smallest little things and it's really boosted their confidence. Um, and really, really, I mean, what better result than you can, can you get than a business owner becoming confident? But, um, I think it's the confidence and them walking away and thinking, oh, okay, well, that was great. Like, let me try this a different way. I'm like, yes, <laughs> like, this is so good. Let's not, let's not look at our business as stagnant. Like it's always, always changing. I love that. I, it's, it's so hard to do social media or any kind of marketing. I think for a lot of people, mm -hmm. myself included, like Deanna and I like kind of <laughs> dread yeah. marketing. Like we, we have the content. We're like, okay, podcast. Yes. We have, by all the right, way, now people, we'll, we'll just all start working together and it'll yeah. be great. <laughs> by the way, I should probably announce that we have a podcast and there's like 20 episodes. So <laughs> have a listen, but you know, I, I think it's so hard and it's just nice to have someone in your corner um, who's, who's there to like, kind of offer you ideas mm -hmm. and, um, different routes and strategies that kind of, it's not a one size fits all because it's, you want to do something that's sustainable, but also like your voice, your brand voice. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I love the one-on-one -on -one work that you're doing, um, and that you're flexible with how you're offering the services. And that's been something I know that was on my call with you and we were going over, you know, the contract and, and what can I do and how can I serve these clients? Because I think one of my biggest concerns was not meeting a certain amount of deliverables or tangible things that someone could measure because every single client has been different. Some people I'm helping them rework their website. Some people I'm making, you know, client PDF guides and helping their client experience. Some people I'm helping their workflow. Some I'm doing social media for. I mean, it truly has been across the board, but that's every business. We all yeah. do things differently. We also all have strengths. Some people have really great websites, but awful social media. So it's like, okay, yeah. where, where can we show up and, and fit in? And that was something that I was really nervous about was what are those tangible things? And I think that was on the advice of you where you're like, it doesn't, it can vary client to client in the, in the sense of what you guys, what your goals are and what the end deliverable is, as long as you're able to meet that deliverable. And, um, that's been really great to approach every client the same as well. Um, I've been doing, you know, a, a monthly rate and it hasn't, it's been great in the sense of not each client's not feeling like they're getting nitpicked of, Oh, you want this? Let me add this on. Oh, you want this? Let me add this on. Yeah. Um, everyone can get, yeah. you know, as many calls as they want in their month, you know, obviously to a degree, I don't want them to be crazy, yeah. but I do love that. Again. I thought that was so genius. Cause I do know that the monthly rate kind of stems a little bit out of fear. Like you, you said that, you know, having the seasonal work kind of did something to your, your mentality. And I think that's, yeah. we call that scarcity mentality mm -hmm. around here. Right. So you kind of make fear-based decisions. Yep. I know that number that you have is really low right now. Mm -hmm. And I would love to see that go up, but <laughs> I also know that the demographic of people that you're working with, you want to keep it within the range that mm -hmm. is affordable for, for small business owners. Mm -hmm. But the idea of charging a monthly fee 
for open-ended services that you identify in partnership with your client is mm -hmm. brilliant. Thank you. Because Thank it you. doesn't set a ceiling for the client. Mm -hmm. It doesn't set a floor for you. Mm -hmm. You you get the thing that you want and mm -hmm. you don't have to worry about what's on your neighbor's plate. Right. Right. You know? And it it is and thank you, you know, listen, I'm ready to increase that rate too. Um, no, I, I think one of my main goals is to eventually grow a team and have, have that be where, you know, there are certain calls with me each month and I'm kind of laying out the overall strategy. And then I have people who are kind of doing more of the nitty gritty work and mm -hmm. that then helps that rate either be more appealing on my end, if I can take on more people, but it is something that it feels you know, we, I mean, I know you, we've talked about this before people who sell contracts online and, mm -hmm. and fully vetted and they're like, yep, you're good to go. And of course you're thinking, wait, was this even <laughs> yeah. in your state? Does yeah. this even apply to your industry? Like there's so many things. Um, and I think that was where I was on my end. We can go right now and Google an online course for marketing and sales. Absolutely. I am, I'm not naive to that and that there is plenty of free advice on podcasts and on other things that people can go and listen to, but it's the time. What yeah. business owner is willing to go take a course that's 40 hours long, and then they are going to have to go take all of that information that they just put into their brain and regurgitate it into an actual tangible result. It, it just doesn't, right. if you're in the place where you're ready to grow or scale, you're likely not in the place where you're ready to put all of that information into your brain and then make it into an action point. So it's been bingo a journey <laughs> right there. That's right. No, that's totally right. And, and Morgan, believe me, I have ideas for you scaling as well. So we should Great. talk about how to scale What's your business it? and still make it very accessible for people and, and, you know, give you some opportunities for growth in both directions. Right. Yeah. Um, Deanna, I think you have one last serious question for us. Have you ever been faced with imposter syndrome and how did you deal with it? Yes, of course. I think every business owner has run into imposter syndrome at some point or time. And I absolutely have, but I will be transparent in saying, I don't think I've suffered it in the severity that a lot of business owners have. Um, I'm not saying that I have skirted by it at all. I definitely have had seasons where, oh gosh, I'm looking at, you know, people who are doing a certain thing and being comparative, but um, I am very passionate about any product that I'm selling and any service as well. So the actual client experience and I love feedback. I think it's so incredible. And I think from a very beginning standpoint, I thought, okay, I'm just, I'm going to take it. Whatever they say is the feedback I'm going to listen. And that is so hard to do because we feel very defensive as business owners for why we do our things or we can justify, you know, why we do stuff. And so I think from the beginning, I was willing to change a lot on client experience, um, on communication, anything that I was getting as, as kind of a feedback of what someone wanted or wished would have happened. I'm like, okay, now I can apply that. So I feel like I've always felt very confident in what I was offering, which helps that imposter syndrome not be present. Again, I will say I have obviously experienced seasons of it, um, but I think there are people who are experiencing imposter syndrome a lot more often um, for various reasons, but I'm not saying that it's 
bad for them to experience it, but I think there are reasons that people experience imposter syndrome. You have to be confident in the product that you're offering and feel like it's worth it and of value and not just slap a price on it and then think, oh gosh, I might be charging too much. And if you're Mm -hmm. thinking that, you know, maybe, maybe we need to up what you're offering or perfect what you're offering. And I'm not saying always, I will say there are a lot of people that I think undercharge or undersell. Um, but you know, I have experienced seasons of it, but right now I'm not in one. Hopefully it stays here, <laughs> but I do think it can come in waves though. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, um, at my, at my nonprofit that we work at, we always say that feedback is a gift. When we work with students, we give them feedback the entire internship. That's the point. We're training lawyers. Feedback is a gift. Mm-hmm. And if you learn how to take it for what its face value is, you yep. can really learn a lot. Mm-hmm. No feedback, um, or at least feedback that I'm willing to take seriously, is never meant to be personal. Yep, exactly. Right? So I th- I think that's a really important strategy to understand too. Um, that's super insightful and wonderful. Um, now on to the super important questions. Great. Okay. Cheddar on apple pie? Yes or no? Well, <laughs> no, absolutely <laughs> not. This is not where I thought this conversation was going. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, how about peanuts and Coke? No, I know that's a sudden thing. Absolutely not. <laughs> absolutely not. Okay. Uh, sweet tea or unsweetened? Sweet, only sweet with lemons. Ooh, okay. Well, yes, the Arnold Palmer. <laughs> Uh, Dolly Parton or Aretha Franklin? I mean, listen, I, I was literally listening to Dolly Parton last night. So I think that's all I have to say. <laughs> that's a tough one because I was just listening to her too. But yeah, yeah it's like on repeat. Um, <laughs> cups, rim up or down? I do rim up. Is that wrong? There's no wrong or right. We just judge you based on your answer. <laughs> That's like a toilet paper going up or down. I mean, I've always thought it was up. Some people are down because what if you have open shelves and you don't want dust to collect on them or spiders to crawl into them? Well, I might be rearranging my kitchen today. So (laughs) it's exciting. (laughs) Um, Favorite book? Oh, you can't do that to me. Um, Oh, gosh. Ah. Okay, let's do business book and life book. <laughs> okay. um, one of my favorite business book, I think one of the most impactful business books. It, oh my God, I have so many. Oh, shoot. Um, oh, this is really a hard question for me. You know, I read a lot. Um, Profit First is a very phenomenal business book if you are looking to, how, to figure out how to organize your finances. Um, and life book, life book. I have so many. Um this is so hard for me. I cannot even explain. I mean, The Nightingale by Kristen Hanna is oh, I love such a cop out, but it's so good. That one's so good. Um, the People We Keep by Alison Larkin is by far one of my favorite books of the past few years. So, oh, but I have so many more. I don't know. The Nightingale, if you like The Nightingale, have you read All of the Light We Cannot See? Yes. Yes. That book. Yes. And also um, to a movie or something. Uh, Alice is in the name. Why am I? I can see the title. Oh gosh, I don't have it. Um, ooh, there's something with Alice, and it's a historical fiction. I I can see the t- the cover in my head, but that's also a good one. Oh, the the one about the uh, the diary. Mm. Go ask Alice. 
nope but maybe alice is not in the title maybe i'm just making oh. that up on the title. <laughs> i probably shouldn't be trying to pull books out of my head that i can't remember <laughs> the names of <laughs> um and then what is your favorite playlist to get you pumped up on days that you don't feel like you can do it days mm-hmm. that you're just like ugh, leaving i love drake and i feel like drake old school drake is my favorite and then any <laughs> 2000s R&B is always my go-to always it's pretty much always on in my car so (laughs) yeah throwback to like the good old high school college days yes awesome um Morgan thank you so much for coming on and sharing your your wisdom and your experiences um and telling us more about balance I am super stoked to continue to watch you um really dominate in this area and be an ally for um, female business owners and helping people grow and really be stable. Because like what you said, being financially stable is really ultimately the key to freedom, right? Mm -hmm. Having choices. Mm -hmm. Um, We need to have that kind of financial stability in order to make choices. So continue doing the great work that you're doing in the industry. Um, Yeah. And we'll talk soon about growing some more. Yes, I would love that. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Thank Thank you, Morgan. It was really a pleasure. And before we go, there's a few things you should know. Founders Vita is for educational purposes only. Nothing in this podcast should be construed as legal advice. Always consult an attorney licensed in your state if you need legal help. In some states like California, this podcast may be considered attorney advertising.